Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Final hour, Outkick 360 from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine with Chad Withrow and Paul Koharski. I'm Jonathan Hutton. Shout out to Jonathan Moulton, Jakob Swanson for making the show happen for us on the digital side. Radio, the chairman of the board, David Reed, along with Dylan Taylor. You can hit us up on Twitter at Outkick360. That's how you can interact with the show. You can also join Chad in the YouTube chat. Dylan Taylor now. getting quite the education, by the way, uh, this week from uh, from one David Reed, yeah, Professor Reed, the yeah. best David Reed Radio, the best. He's yeah, learning he's from the best. Edu- I'm getting an education also in the YouTube chat. As oh. I mentioned, uh, we've got Vandy Chris right now in the YouTube chat. He's a real hit. Very angry. Uh, it, it basically, insinuated that Paul has something against new Titans linebacker Zach Cunningham. Yeah, let me address this because real of uh, the whole interaction, you guys in the media. You guys in the media. <laughs> this has lingered longer than I expected. Yeah, let yeah. me address this r- quickly. Uh, a, it's a week old. Two, um, the fact that I wanted uh, questions that were asked by others, uh, didn't think they were inappropriate, thought it was appropriate that Mike Vrabel address a big acquisition to his team. How does that make me a Zach Cunningham hater? That makes no sense. I'm in favor of the Titans adding good players. They added one. So uh, it was so much of an occasion, I thought the Titans should actually speak to it. They added a big-time player. I thought they should talk about the big-time player. There's a lot of disconnect and logic here. Maybe you should say some of these things outside out loud before you type them. See if it connects from one ear to the other ear. I, I doubt it would, but try it. We'll get into Zach Cunningham and his impact uh, or what what impact we could expect from the new Titans linebacker. That's coming up in 15 minutes. Uh, Titans will be on the road this week, taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, at Heinz Field. Difficult place to play. I know, Paul, they were um, blasting some of the music that they will hear at the stadium. Yeah, what's the song? Renegade? Renegade yeah, and then Black Lawan and Yellow. Yeah, was talking about it yesterday. He's like, that song rocks. He's <laughs> like, they really got something going with that. They start the fourth quarter with it, I think. I think that's right. They play Black and Yellow by Wiz Khalifa also? They do, yes. Makes sense. I, I'm not as attuned to these things in these hermetically sealed press boxes. You're a, you were in a press box, either on the sideline or in a press box with open windows. Yes. So you were much more attuned to a lot of that stuff than I am. Well, they're cranking it at practice I do think the week. Titans have changed uh, the the – um, Johnny Cash song at the beginning of the third quarter. They played it earlier this week, and then they didn't play it at the beginning of the third quarter. Didn't they go Maybe back to the original version? That. I feel like they did something where they had a Well, they a start with the Johnny Cash, and then song. they go into a bunch of Nashvillians playing it, including Sheryl Crow. Which Ring I of Fire? Was, yeah, which I thought was kind of clever, like the, tight, uh, the Predators still play the goal-scoring song, but then they shift into gold in the ceiling. Or gold it's Folsom Prison Blues is the Titan song. Yeah, there you go. That's what they play to start the fourth anyway, quarter. Anyway, I think there's right? a change evolving there. Down, 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 down. That's Folsom Prison Blues. No, Ring of Fire. That's Ring of Fire. What do they play? Why would they play? Why would they play? 
the Folsom Prison Blues. Why do they play Ring of uh, Fire? I don't because it's, the prison's right behind the because the, the, the Titans because the Titans logo is a flaming thumbtack. I swear they thoughts. play Folsom Prison Blues. No, I don't. No. It's Ring of Fire. I, I it's Ring of Fire. The they should switch. Well, you it's Ring of Fire them. because I once suggested that they give everyone in the stadium red pom poms and make them shake them at the start of the fourth quarter, creating a Ring of Fire. And. The marketing department over there is stupid. <laughs> Sorry, Ralph. <laughs> yeah, not not you, Ralph. Not you, Ralph. No, no, no. Ralph not probably suggested it, and they, the the rest of them said no. Um, three keys for the Titans to go on the road and leave with their tenth win of the season. They're playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. Not a great Steelers team by any stretch, uh, but a team that can play well in spurts. And I'll, I'll go through this, but I think the Titans can take advantage of that. Number one, win first down. I, I mentioned yesterday the slow starts. The Steelers are really bad offensively on first down. 107 of their 176 rushing attempts on first down have gained three yards or less. So first and foremost, don't let them start running the football all of a sudden because teams have not um, allowed them to run the football this year. I don't think they're capable of it, quite frankly. If they can put them into second and seven or longer, that is a huge advantage for the Titans' pass rush. That's also what the Titans want to avoid on their end, too, with guys like T.J. Watt, who's up for Defensive Player of the Year. Point being, take advantage of first down and, and win that on both sides of the football. Um, Pittsburgh has called 171 pass plays for Roethlisberger on first down. He's been sacked 14 times. But he has a very good completion percentage. So when he throws on first down, they have much more success at setting up something that's second and manageable. Uh, 71% completion percentage on first down. And a lot of it is Najee Harris. We mentioned his numbers yesterday. Of his 111 completions, 77 have gained five yards or more off of first down plays. So that's where they get rolling if they can get rolling. It's not on the ground. It's through the air. But don't allow them... To keep uh, to stay balanced in that area, I think regardless, the Titans need to be careful and take advantage of first down. Number two, hit a big play or two, and <clears throat> this sounds very simplistic, guys, but uh, to me, the Titans beat Jacksonville without this element in the game within their offense. They're not going to beat Pittsburgh without a big play or two. And I'll add in, hit a big play to Julio Jones. And before you start rolling your eyes and saying, yeah, I believe it when, we, when I see it, we saw it earlier this year when he was healthy. So he didn't play in the preseason. Week two, had a massive game against Seattle. Uh, let, let's see more of that from number two in uh, key number two. Hit a big player or two and get it to Julio and, and flip the field. Because I, I don't think you can play the, the same style of game and get away with just scoring 20 points. And... Not just a, a you know a, a throw and run after catch big play. I, I want to see them actually take shots down the field to Julio Jones and see if you get a pass interference. We see this every week in the NFL. Back to the Guys ball. just can't turn back to the ball, and if it's underthrown a little bit, the receiver slows down. It's a seventy percent chance you're going to get a pass interference flag. Titans haven't that to me that counts as a big play. Oh, yeah, absolutely. but you have to make yep. the attempt to throw it deep to do that. We have not seen that from the Titans this year. Find a way to score points. Again, very simple. That's also a part of number two with the big play. But the defense can chip in. We've seen that against the L.A. Rams. They beat a good Rams team with a putrid offense that night because the defense chipped in and helped score points off of turnovers. All of that would be 
great too. But you can't go. We mentioned yesterday they haven't in their last three games they haven't scored more than twenty. They scored twenty against Jacksonville, but you, I don't think they're going on the road and winning this game by scoring thirteen or sixteen points. And then take advantage of the slow starting Steelers and just working backwards. Last week the Titans their best offensive drive their first offensive drive right like it started fast. Uh, prior to the bye at New England, they scored all 13 of their points in the first half. In the loss to Houston, they started very slow, but they moved the football. And then they just were not they were not opportunistic in the red zone. First half against New Orleans, they had three consecutive scoring drives in that game. They had drives of negative yardage, but then put together a string of scoring drives that ultimately won them the game. Against the Rams offense, that was bad all night. The Titans scored 21 of their 28 points in the first half. The Steelers do not score in the first half. If the Titans can build their lead and separate the score early, because we've we've seen them perform well offensively out of the gate uh, in recent games, they can go on the road and win, and the fourth quarter is not going to mean that much because the Steelers do all their offense in the fourth quarter, normally on average playing from down seven, can the Titans build a lead that's giving them a 13-point cushion, something like that? Because if they do, they're in great shape. Yeah, all good. Here's the thing I've been thinking about the last couple of days. Um, in in one way, the Steelers' offense plays into the Titans' hand. In another way, it doesn't. I, I do like your, your sack stat there for early downs. So it was a first down. But Ben Roethlisberger, I, I put out this stat uh, – the other day, and, and Dylan will retweet, retweet this uh, chart. Over the last two years, his average per completion, 9.9 yards. This year, it's uh, it's 10.1. So he's right in the same range. That's 26th in the league. So they'll hit an occasional big play, but generally speaking, he's not getting it down the field, much like the Titans aren't right. now, right? So And they're not running it. They're 3.7 yards a carry. They are going to dink and dunk it, generally speaking, unless you screw up. That doesn't necessarily set things up for the Titans' pass rush. It's coming out quick, all of that. It's small chunks. But it does play into what the Titans do. Let them take some time, come down the field in small chunks and whatever, and then when they get to the 20, what do you do? You get get a third down stop, and you make them kick a field goal. Um, And so Chris Boswell will probably score some of their points. He's a good kicker. I don't know that you're missing field goals when he's down in the red zone, but you're having them score threes instead of sevens. Um, by the way, everybody asked me where Tannehill fits on this chart because it's the top five and the bottom five. Tannehill's like at 11.4. Deshaun Watson not playing this year, but 12.6 is the highest. And down at the bottom, Roethlisberger and Tua, 9.9, mm. which is a really um, sad Number and then if you look at the top of their of their chart, you know they got Deontay Johnson who averages twelve point two yards a catch, Najee Harris six point six, Claypool who makes big plays sixteen, Fryermuth eight point six, McLeod six point nine. A lot of small stuff. So continue to tackle like you tackled against the Jaguars and make sure these small gains are small gains. And I'm sure the Titans are going to be content with small gains. That's what they go for right now. Yeah. That's their offense. Small gains. Yeah, on the other side, Titans, small gains, like you're saying, they need the big oh, play yeah. mixed in there. And they're sick of hearing these big play questions. 
There are a lot of ingredients that go into it. Pass protect, and I've written two stories about it this week, but I mean, you got to pass protect better to give Tannehill time. But, and they say they've called the plays. I understand you've called the plays. And if you call the play, it comes apart because the protection. You know what you do then? Call it again. Call it on another play where it might have a chance to work if you protect better. You know what I mean? Don't, don't tell me you called it three times and it came apart. Well, then call it six times. Make Is that okay? Some big news uh, that keeps getting worse for Cleveland and the Browns. So Baker Mayfield's already on their COVID list. They've just added Case Keenum to che- that list oh as well. Uh, Case Keenum, Quick, Case Keenum, who practiced today for the Browns, is now added to the COVID nineteen list. That means Nick Mullins is slated to be the starter for the Cleveland former Forty Niners starter. Yeah, yeah Chad said everyone was going to be <laughs> off Southern the list Miss. to play. Scheduled for this to be the starter Saturday. They'll be fine by Saturday. I think this new protocol will free them up by Saturday. So to are you get betting on the Browns? Test. I'm not betting on anyone. I might in go this bet game, on the but Browns. But I, I, I think that I think too. the majority of them will it's be tough bad. to bet on any game right now. With how I this might is go going. bet on the Browns, thinking like Chad. I I, I think there's a likelihood. Schefter tweets out, Paul. People come back uh, before you do that. Browns are plus three right now. This it's, is not let, let it go spread. up. Let it go up because the Browns have all they haven't named them yet. <laughs> the Browns have also placed four other defensive players that tested positive for COVID nineteen on their list today. This is insane. Now is so the time to go big on the Browns' well, wait, money I'm line. Get, I'm waiting Not yet. Let on it, the money line. Let it go Money up. line's only plus one. Let it rise. Let it rise. When if I you're going to bet the Browns, let it rise. Because these monitor. new protocols will open that back door up for all well, these guys to be available. Let it go up, bet it, and then yeah. watch it come down. <laughs> well, you can also now bet on Kentucky and North Carolina because it looks nice. like that's the swap. Kentucky will play North Carolina in the CBS Sports Classic. And also, that's hate to nice inform for you guys this, but I was right. It is Folsom Prison Blues. That is the Titan song, not Ring of Fire. Multiple people in the YouTube chat have confirmed that, and Jim Wyatt sends out a video that says, here's the new pain train, followed by Johnny Cash's Folsom Prison Blues. Well, I hate to inform anyone that that's even stupider than uh, I previously thought. Uh, I knew knew it was that song. Though there is a juvenile justice center in the parking lot. That's what I said. I was like, there is a prison right behind the the end zone of one of the, the, the north end zone, right? But I'm thinking it's being phased out. Because first they turned it into a modern version, and then this week I do not. I think they played it at a different part of the game. Yeah, well, if it's Folsom Prison Blues, because of, you're still running the Terry Tate video. Yeah, that's what from it was twenty years ago. But please phase that out. It was Terry Tate with that, and then it was the train Choo-choo. thing from the, I hear the train is coming, and that's Folsom Prison Blues. That was the tie-in, Terry Tate, Pain Train. That's very quickly done into it. But I think they did kind of what the Preds did in terms of changing it. They made all that stuff at the top smaller than they modernized it. Well, no, the Preds got rid of the rock and roll song because Gary Glitter got busted for child (laughs) pornography. That's why they got rid of of that and and went to something else. But there's still a snippet of something, and then they Mm -hmm. went to gold on the ceiling. Mm -hmm. Gold on the ceiling sounds a lot like rock and roll number part two or whatever that Gary Glitter song was. Oh, no, he's saying that they... I like it, I love it. Tim McGraw. They they minimized, I like it, I love it, and went into gold on the ceiling. So there's still... People can't say, oh, you got rid of the song that I love... But people also can't say you need to freshen up because they've done no. Both. They always no. They always did it. It's the same amount. It's just a different song. Oh. 
Get it right, Paul. Now, I like yeah. gold on the scene. It's funny. You can't do anything right. I was right. You guys are wrong. But now I'm getting crushed for yielding too quickly. <laughs> my argument. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry. Literally, everyone here shouted me down and said, no, it's Ring of Fire. I'm like, I didn't know which bad. it was. You got it right. Well, they, they do play Ring of Fire at the game. Well, the one I'm but talking about that they play a, every a week is Folsom Prison Blues. Like this does. That is like a this weekly is the, thing. Going into because the it was a big controversy song. with fans when they changed it from whatever version they were playing to some other version. This modern version this year. Yeah, yeah. Chad, I would like to With apologize for absolutely nothing. Conor McGregor. I wasn't loudly shouting you down because I didn't know. Oh, I don't, you, I don't, you win, I don't Paul. need an you apology. Win, I'm, just, I'm just setting the record straight. Like Doctor says, you win, Paul. You're talking over me. You Chad win. was you right. Win. Chad was right. I don't want to expect an apology. I'm just correcting the, the Chad record. Chad was correct. Coming back, uh, Paul will not apologize uh, to uh, Vrabel or the Titans either for not answering the Zach Cunningham question. It was nearly a week ago, despite the chatter in the YouTube chat. YouTube will, chat is on fire today. Yeah, we, we, will discuss, fire. we will discuss uh, Zach Cunningham and the roster, and you know he's eligible to play. So what can we expect from the former Texan turned Titan? We'll get into that. We'll discuss uh, what the assistant coaches had to say today. Paul was there for that conversation We'll get into uh, some further detail of the new COVID-19 protocols that are going on across the league that impact the Titans here. Uh, And later, we'll preview tonight's matchup, Chiefs and Chargers. All ahead on OutKick 360. OutKick 360 rolls on. The crew all here today. Glad you're with us across the OutKick network. Paul, what can we expect from Zach Cunningham in a Titans uniform on Sunday? I'm not sure what you could expect. I think they'll probably play guys situationally and define some roles for Jayon Brown, for Rashawn Evans, who complicated things, frankly, by playing well. They both did. And yeah. Zach Cunningham. But I would play Zach Cunningham for, for Jayon Brown um, largely, um, if, if not this week, as, as Cunningham gets the playbook down. Is he a special teams guy as well? He has been. I don't know if they feel like they need him or or not. I'm increasingly for the abolition of special teams. <laughs> I, we saw some plays by other teams, but they're other, never other teams. Plays, other never teams are making plays, plays. You're right by this team. I mean, I I don't know why you wouldn't. Well, I do know why you wouldn't. I would kick the ball through the end zone most of the time, unless I was very confident in my coverage team and thought the other returner sucked. In which case, I'd Pin loop it. it to the three-yard line and tackle them inside the 25. Uh, punt returns, I, again, I've seen them elsewhere in the league. I haven't seen any in the games that I've covered that have been anything particularly game-swinging. You know, typically, I'd say... I still use those as bathroom moments. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, extra points now are being missed at a higher rate, yeah. though. So They're more interesting. I don't know. Do you guys get happy when you see a missed extra point and no. say, ooh, this game is skewed now? No. I get pissed, and I, I say it. it should be 7-7, and it's 7-6, I, I, I it and the whole game is screwed up now. I, I'm fine with – I'm not okay with everything being a given. I'm okay with extra points being pretty foolproof. You take the point, or you go for two, but you should take the point. <laughs> this is universal even with most high school teams. And when you're missing the extra point in the NFL, I, I'm with you guys. I hate it. I'll say this. I like it later in the game. That it's a challenge and it might screw I things up. I don't need intrigue on an extra point. In the first quarter, if two teams score a touchdown, I think it. I feel like both teams deserve to have seven points. 
And when it's 7-6 and then it sets somebody else up to chase the entire game, I think it messes up the game, I feel like. A missed extra point to me should be disaster, just disastrous, and not somewhat commonplace. So I, I hate it. Well, it is disastrous when they miss it. No, it's disa- but, it but I'm saying it should, be, it should be more of a shock. Oh, yeah. man, that guy just missed an extra point. Or it got blocked, yeah. or there was a bad snap. I, I, I think we're all on the same page. You missed here. one early. You're probably thinking, well, that that's bad, but there's a probability that the other guy's going to miss one too. <laughs> I would. It, it do you think the typical like 35 all. yarder, like 10 years ago, was being missed at this rate? No, I don't feel that either. I think I, I, I think it's I, mental. I yeah. think it's mental too. I think there's somehow more pressure on the extra point than there is on the field goal. I. I tend to agree on it. Um, you, you know how when, this is what I would liken it to in sports. Basketball. When you are the guy shooting the technical free throw and there's no one on the line in front of you, right. and you have been chosen by yeah. your coach as the best free throw shooter to go shoot that one free throw or those two free throws, there's always more pressure on that shot than a random shot that counts the same amount of points, one, in the course of a game when you're fouled and go to the line and there's people next to you. On the free throw line. I get that. I was, to me, the one point extra point from that distance is akin to the technical free throw. I was thinking front end of a one-on-one as compared to the first of two, two free throws where you know you're getting the second one. The first one doesn't have the heightened feel to it, whereas in a crucial situation, a, a one-on-one, one-on-one, you know if you don't make that first one, you're not getting the second one, and the second one could be Super important. I, I don't know. There's got to be a psychological thing to it. I think they got what they wanted, but I think it's kind yeah. of an unintended consequence that fans aren't that wild about how it skews a game. Typically, I, I would say an, a, an incoming player 10 days into joining a new team is not going to have that big of an impact. And I'm, I'm not thinking Cunningham um, comes in and is a, you know immediate starter. However... He did play for Vrabel and Shane Bowen in Houston. And we know they love the guy. Vrabel has glowed about him when facing him as the Titans head coach and pinpointing certain things that he likes about the Texans defense. Called him elite. Yeah. So also, no, knowing missing... all that and the fact that he's now been here for a week or whatever and um, well, he can, wasn't he on can, the field until Wednesday, so he's only had a week on the field. Yeah, but I mean, to, to get but, up to that, you, I mean, they've definitely been talking to him. Yeah. Like, and they're missing David Long again. He hasn't practiced two days in a row with this hamstring that lingers and lingers. That That's that's bad news. So, I, I mean, this ensures that Dylan Cole isn't playing inside linebacker. Right. There's relief there, uh, unless you suffer an, you know, two injuries. There's and prior to last there. week, Rashawn Evans wasn't playing. Like they got him yeah. back finally. Yeah, and look, I, I'm not a Rashawn Evans fan, so you know maybe he strings a couple games together. I tend to think here he was fresh and excited, and also the better people play around him, the better he plays. But if uh, is he going to string together five games at the end of this contract year? I would bet against it if it was on Fanduel. He's but yeah, uh, but. It's uh, he did not have an interception in his career until this year, and he's got two of them yeah. now. Jenkins still out as well uh, among relatively important people. Murchison, Saffold. So I wrote today, uh, and we've been talking about offensive line continuity maybe helping. Well, you know, Saffold at this point you would say is out. 
and Brewer is, is going to start this game. And could they get Raiden's active, or will he be in front of the heater? In, will he be in front of the heater in street clothes or in uniform? <laughs> will the Titans fly their own benches to Pittsburgh for this game? <laughs> no. <laughs> the, will they have their own heaters? Well, uh, I would say this. Of all the, if Nashville. you were ranking franchises likely to have their heated benches <laughs> not work, I would rank Pittsburgh uh, 32nd. Pittsburgh's benches will absolutely work. First-class organization would never engage in shenanigans like that to screw with the opponent. Where would the Titans rank on that list? I think the Titans would never mess with that either. Titans I'm not are saying very, they'd mess with it. I'm saying no, the just that are, something would go wrong. I'd put them pretty high oh, on the list. Yeah, for, for of NFL something teams where something could go like wrong with stadium-wise that. Stadium-wise going wrong? Yeah. Absolutely possible. Messing with somebody? No, because they're very law-abiding citizens. Hey, this, this makes me think of something I saw earlier, and I... I apologize. Yeah, I failed to remember who tweeted it out. May have been Jim Trotter. An NFL writer retweeted a quote from Tony Dungy talking about Pittsburgh and tying it into the Urban Meyer deal. This was from years ago. And he was talking about NFL owners not wanting to take a risk because they don't know what they want when hiring a coach and said that the easy path is to hire the trendy name. So too often, these owners just hire the trendy name or the person that everyone knows, and it kind of tied into Urban Meyer, because there's less criticism when it doesn't work out. Well, I hired the guy everybody knows, or the trendy name, and there's not enough owners who truly know what they're looking for when they interview coaching candidates. And he said Mr. Rooney should have been the one to teach the class to owners on fine-tuning what it is you want and going and finding it. And that's why you have the consistency with the Pittsburgh organization with their head coach because it's a perfect match. The, the owner knows what they want, what they're looking for, and that coach that accepts that job tends to know exactly what needs to be done. I think that's all very good, but I would disagree that Urban Meyer was a trendy name. Urban Meyer wasn't, nobody else was looking at Urban Meyer. Uh, I think Shad Khan very specifically said, I'm going to go get a guy that had massive success in college that nobody's thought about for the NFL. He's going to come in with my number one pick quarterback and this is something outside the box that nobody else has really. But, but he's a name. About. I think that he's the tie-in there is he's a famous person that was on TV that everyone knew. He'd won two national championships right down the road in Gainesville, Florida. So there was a, a regional appeal win. to it. So I, I think that's what he. You know, he again, he wasn't talking about Urban Meyer. This was from before yeah. Urban Meyer was hired. But it does tie into today, and I, I thought that was pretty smart uh, of him to say that because how many owners would we peg to say this owner? knows exactly what they want when they go hire a coach? Or is this owner just looking at a list of candidates that Adam Schefter and every NFL writer can put out for every yeah. job opening? Well, I mean, Cower and Tomlin This defensive coordinator is going to get a lot of looks for a head coaching job. Arthur Smith here in Nashville was a guy a year ago. I'm looking at Adam Schefter tweet out the coaches who interviewed in Jacksonville that didn't get the job. It was Robert Sala. It was Arthur Smith. And it was enemy. Eric Bieniemy. You know, two of the three got jobs elsewhere, but it's going to be the same common list of, of names that we see all the time. And you don't have to go completely outside the box, but it's tying the right person to the right organization with the right idea of what needs to be done. That I don't know how many owners actually have that ability. I'd call the Roonies for advice. Yeah. And that's what uh, Tony Dungy, was, he pointed that family out as knowing exactly what they want. And they should teach a master class on that to other owners. I'd call any owner that's successfully found a coach for for advice. If Daryl Bevel some, somehow gets 
Trevor Lawrence on a trajectory over the final month of the season that's promising? I think he'd be... What does that do for him? I I said earlier, I I think it'd be very Jacksonvillian for him to be a strong candidate. I think you still look hard. But, I mean, if... Also, like, even if he's on a really good course, how good could they be? Like Chad's saying, I think they're going to... I said, I think they're going to play well this weekend. And he's saying, how well could they play after what we saw on, on Sunday, there is only far, so far he could take him. So you have to well, measure I mean, that look, with a special I, special. Paul, I don't disagree that I think effort will be better, yeah. attitude will be better, enthusiasm will be better. But is uh, offensive coordination and cohesion going to be better? Because if not, they, they've got no chance. That's a fair question. I mean, they're just completely disjointed offensively. I, again, I don't I don't watch them and I look at them and think, oh, here's what they're trying to do. They are all over the place. I have no clue what they're even trying. They don't have offensive weapons. I mean, DJ Chark going down hurt them really bad. One name for you, by the way, Mike Malarkey, because this would be the scenario if Daryl Bevel got the job. Oh yeah, Mike Malarkey could be on somebody's staff. Mike? No, 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 no. I'm not saying Mike Malarkey's a part. I'm saying the the interim. Oh yeah, the difference is Malarkey had about seven or eight games. Yeah, he had longer. He had a longer runway to get it. when Wizen yes. Hunt was fired. But it would it's like be November eleventh. Yeah, it would be that sort of right. Almost, almost the guy never happens. Who, the guy who gets people more excited about playing. Yeah. They won one game down the stretch with Malarkey or two. I think two because they won his first game. They, yeah, New overtime Orleans. in New Orleans. And they had to have won another. Probably one Jacksonville. Yeah. And I only bring that up because <laughs> let's let's look at Usually some of the complaints gimme. about Ken Wisenhunt with the Titans and his attitude and personality. Right. Yeah, it's very similar. And then Urban Meyer. And then I see Daryl Bevel busting out in laughter about winning more games than Urban well, Meyer. Well, the, the, the interim coach almost always comes with a, a lighter mood. But you mentioned Wisenhunt there, and uh, you know this as well as anybody. A guy like Wisenhunt, a guy like Urban Meyer, could buy himself more time by not being an ass. If you're an ass and you're losing, your leash, the, the public pressure, the media pressure comes that much faster. If you're a terrific guy in that situation, I can't think of who it is off the top of my head, but you get a lot more benefit of the doubt. He's also... You know, get better jobs after the fact, too, typically. Yeah. Malarkey, nice to Malarkey had been an interim elsewhere, right? Twice. Twice. Okay. And he'd been it, a head yeah, that's coach right. That's twice. right. That's right. Daryl Bevel has, too. Daryl Bevel was the interim coach for the Lions last year. So... You know, what has he learned in having to deal with a terrible it's a Lions job. It's a crappy, situation crappy job. and now inheriting this mess? Yeah, you measure that. Like I said, you measure what he does in this job and what he did last year in Detroit with a different instrument. You think he goes? <laughs> it's not to, a regular ruler. Well, if he, he goes it, to Shad Khan, he's like, you know what I know? Losing. <laughs> I know all about it. Yeah, yeah. I'm your guy. I'm, a man for this. I'm your guy to go out there and lose some more games for you <laughs> down the stretch because what I know more than anyone is losing and how to deal with it. Well, David Reed was making fun of me early. He thought I made a mistake when I took the 70 foot yacht and added a millimeter to it that I was changing units of measure. I did it on purpose. 70 feet is is the yacht. Then I'm adding the smallest thing I can to it, a millimeter. To, to it has to be over 70 feet. So I'm doing that. Uh, you have to change the units of measurement to measure what Daryl <laughs> Bevel does successfully here, right? You're, you're saying not, not wins and losses. You're not measuring it in the conventional terms. So they, we, we know they're playing the Texans. Not wins this and week. losses, no. They then will play the Jets. They, they They've get got the, two. Pro, I mean, you I could know. not draw up a better schedule for him right I now. I know. And for you Trevor could, Lawrence. You could. You could give him Detroit at, at the third. If he, had, if he had Houston, the Jets, and Detroit, that would be a dream interim coach schedule. 
So the Texans and the Jets for the Jags, those are the two win possibilities because um, second to last game, they will host, or no, excuse me, they travel to Gillette Stadium to take on a Patriots team that will be gunning for the number one overall seed with no room to let up to the lowly Jags. And the Jags. Patriots last game is at Miami where they traditionally yes. have problems. And then the Jags will host the Colts on the final week of the regular season. The Colts will likely need that win to get into the postseason. So now. When you've got back-to-back chances here. Now, you also, in a way, the NFL wouldn't want this out. You also, you, in a way... You want to play you, well, but not win. Yes. Because you're battling the two teams that will be right there with you for, for picks. Plus, you know, you got the Lions, who I, I mentioned earlier, are still playing decent football despite... You know their their record. But when I say decent, like they get, they look competitive. It, they don't look lifeless like I like I saw with Jacksonville and Houston. As high a pick as you can, and then trade out of that pick because you've got your quarterback, and you hope somebody wants to come up to get the emergent quarterback. Yeah, that's it. Or just go get you know more defense. But so many pass rushers in this top level of the of the draft this year. I'm just, I, I love the idea of Daryl Bevel sitting there thinking, I'm about to win my way into this full-time job. <laughs> I'm going to win over against, Trevor Lawrence's against heart. Against the Texans. I mean, just, you immediately have Trevor Lawrence and his, this and his wife over for dinner. <laughs> right? It's just like, Trevor, help me help you. What, Trevor, what do you want to do? Trevor, help me get on that yacht. Yeah, let's, bo- let's go to the let's yacht together. To the yacht. Hey, Invite me to the an yacht under, An undersold part of this is the, the perception I have of Trevor Lawrence being kind of a quiet guy, he spoke up behind the scenes. That's pretty evident based on the reporting here and, and what he's doing in the podium. I mean, if you, uh, for those in the media, you get the, the script, the, the transcript. transcript of press conferences. He spells out interceptions. He, I mean, it is like reading the Bible when you read a press conference from Trevor Lawrence. I mean, he goes into detail, a chapter and verse. And, and on one answer, I mean, it's a page long. And normally these things are like three or four sentences post-game. Uh, I think he's given his honest opinion behind the scenes. And now he's given his honest opinion at the podium where he's saying yesterday, hey, there are a lot of things that I want to say and I have to bite my tongue because I realize it's for the betterment of what's going on in the locker room. But yeah, you're right. We, we need to be responding to one of the reporter's questions about the distractions coming from the head coach week after week after week. And he's like, yeah, at some point, the distractions have to stop because we need to improve on the field. And it's really hard to do when we continue to have the distractions off the field from guys that are leading us. And this is a kid. A, a 22 same. years old who's standing up and saying all this. And props to him because he, uh, the quarterbacks in the league hold all the power. And he's behind the scenes meeting with the owner of the franchise that drafted him to be the franchise player. Well, he's saying what the head coach should be saying, who's not a kid, who's uh, you know making more money than he is. Uh, at this at this stage, yeah. you know it's 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 I embarrassing mean, he for the is, organization. The head coach isn't a kid, but he is a child in in oh. many ways. Uh, the way he thinks, uh, and maybe that begs the question with Trevor Lawrence: Is he a, a killer? I mean, that's that. that um, I immediately think that that's what you want. You want to see that look in your quarterback's eye at time. But if you're willing to go to Shad Khan and say, "Yeah, fire the guy." I, that if I'm a Jags fan, that gets me a little bit excited. Well, I think Shad, Shad Khan, I think, Khan's coming to him. Well, Shad Khan clearly was looking, not looking. He would have accepted endorsements of the coach that he hired to run the franchise, which he wasn't getting, and he could not find them anywhere. So when you've got the franchise quarterback, who's been great by all accounts behind the scenes, and you know, it, been the guy privately telling you what's going on, at some point you have to say, you know what, I've got to cut bait now. 
But I don't think he's a killer. I just think he's a smart pro. Yeah, but I think he far too often... I, I want him to be a killer. Far too often, guys are afraid to be brutally honest. Do you think Marcus Mariota would have done that no. behind the scenes? No, 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 he wouldn't no. have answered. And that, that's, not, but but that, that's, that's, that's kind of the, the reputation have, of Trevor Lawrence. Exactly. Is FCA president, exactly. quiet, humble kid, all great things they say about him, but not necessarily the guy who would be completely honest to a billionaire owner and say, Well, that's how bad it yeah, was. Yeah, he needs to go. That's how bad it was, though. Because, I mean, th- those words were probably spoken. But I yeah, think it's time. We're not going to move forward until he's gone. I think that quality, a guy who would say, yeah, he needs to go, about a coach, about a diva receiver, about somebody important in the franchise, I, I think in a lot of ways, when we draw the line on the list of quarterbacks, all the guys above the line would do that. Absolutely. Every great quarterback that I can think of of the last 30 years would do that. You think Tom Brady would hesitate to oh, tell no. a billionaire no. owner someone needed to go? You think Peyton no, Manning would? I think even you think Ryan, Aaron Rodgers I think would? Even you think Tannehill Andrew Luck would? I think even Ryan Tannehill would. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think top half of the league. I'm not talking about the top, top guys. I'm talking about but with guys Trevor with some Lawrence, We are talking about someone that has the potential to be one of the top of the top guys in yeah. the league. So that, to me, is an encouraging sign for him. Oh, I agree. In Jacksonville, if in yeah. fact that's what but he also, said. also, he's thinking, Which we hey, believe he did. My clock has begun to tick, and I'm wasting a damn year. Yep. And he's not playing well. Right. And I've not gotten better. Getting, I'm not learning. Getting drilled. We saw that firsthand. Well, we should also bring up that you know Trevor Lawrence was the guy who started the We Want to Play movement for college football. I mean, he did step up and speak up about, we're not canceling our season. I want to go out there and play my final college football season. So he's shown a little bit of that leadership characteristic before. He, and two weeks ago, he was complaining to the media and being honest about the fact that James Robinson wasn't getting carries and wasn't in the lineup or in the huddle. And today, Daryl Bevel... Um, told the media, James Robinson is our starting running back and he will be treated as such. Which prompted me to put James Robinson in ahead of Melvin Gordon now on my listen, fantasy team the moment he said I that. I have <laughs> one concern here. We've talked a lot about Trevor Lawrence today and we have not given anything close to equal time to the young lady from Ozark. Oh, that's right. <laughs> well, Reed would have to chime in on that one. Paul's fascination with this young actress. Reed Attractive young actress. Yes, Paul, Paul enjoys women who have more masculine qualities. <laughs> If they have an Adam's apple, yeah. Yeah. she does they not have, Paul's have an eye. Adam's apple. Paul's in. She's Paul's an in. excellent actress. She is a good actress. She does look a lot like Trevor Lawrence, and Trevor Lawrence looks a lot like her, I will say. He's a very handsome man. And they, <laughs> and they both look a lot like Boomhauer. I don't know who that I don't know is. Who that is. Oh, we'll, we'll show you during the break. He's right. They do. Is he a handsome man? Or is that King a, of the Hill? An attractive woman? Yes, yeah, King, King of the, of the Hill. Hill. Kind of reminds I, I don't me of um, humans to cartoons. I think I've seen this side by side before too. But the the kid from um, uh, Dazed and Confused, Trevor that Lawrence reminds yeah. me of that. The long hair, yeah, the freshman in high school. Yeah, basically the high school pledge. Yeah. Good way to describe him <laughs> throughout the movie. The, the main character of the film. He reminds me of him also. So tomorrow there'll be a full segment on her for equal time. <laughs> we'll have her on the show tomorrow. <laughs> Or is it Trevor Lawrence? We don't know. Uh, Coming up, we'll discuss tonight's matchup, Chiefs and Chargers. And uh, we'll explain what this 35 threshold is uh, for this viral threshold that the NFL is now going to allow you to play with. We're going to get out some test tubes. Uh, It's it's, it's interesting that they were testing above this 35 number to begin with. Because I'll explain where 35 ranks on this limit that goes up to 45. And if you're in the 40s, what it would mean. But they weren't testing for it prior to now. You know what I'm saying? Previously, it was anything? Previously, it was anything. 
So uh, I'll, I'll explain what they're going to allow. And by the way, they can drop that number as much as they want to get guys back on the field. <laughs> when we come back, I'll spit something up for a yeah. test. Yeah. That's nice. <laughs> I'll kick 360 rolls on. Get the test tubes. Fun show today. Preview all the bowls coming up tomorrow. Postseason bowls kick off tomorrow. Um, this from Pro Football Talk. Per multiple sources, the team's currently in enhanced protocols. So let me stop there and let me pause there and try to list some of these teams. The Browns, the Lions, the uh, Washington football team, the Bears, I believe, were another one. Um, anyway, a couple of those with enhanced protocols prior to today where all the protocols were the same league-wide. Let me read this again. Per multiple sources, the team's currently in enhanced protocols tried to not test asymptomatic vaccinated players today. The NFLPA got involved, and the teams in the league backed down and conducted the tests. So what Florio is alluding to here is that the tests that are popping up today for the Browns and others are asymptomatic vaccinated players who they, were te- who they had to test. They didn't want to, and they did because the NFLPA got involved and had them tested. And he follows that tweet up with this. Also, the NFLPA is currently pushing aggressively for a postponement of the Raiders-Browns game on Saturday. Some in the union believe the entire season should shut down for a week. The union is concerned about player safety and game integrity. That, that from Florida. I don't know that the PA is serving its membership here. Also, Baker Mayfield tweeted to the NFL, make up your damn mind on protocols. Showing uh, showing up and making only three teams test. Also, you could keep the games as scheduled to make money. He also said, "I think that see, actually I, caring about player safety would mean delaying the game with this continuing at the rate it is. But to say you won't test vaccinated players if they don't have symptoms, then to pull this randomly doesn't make any sense to me. It's very complicated. Uh, it, it doesn't it doesn't make much sense." To me, what the PA is doing doesn't seem to be in line with what its membership wants. Yeah, so the players' union wants vaccinated players to be... They want, they t- want they everybody want players tested daily. every single day. Because they feel like then the people who are spreading it would be taken out of situations to spread it, and it would reduce the spread. And, and Baker, Baker has a teammate who would echo what Paul just said in Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett has said that. Well, uh, but but the, Baker's tweet was confusing... I saw this about 30 minutes ago because I didn't know what he's talking about with showing up and making three teams test. Yeah. He's alluding to what Florio probably went searching for when he read the same tweet, which is that these teams tried to not test. They're, they're in lockdown protocol, enhanced protocol. They tried to not test asymptomatic vaccinated players, and they showed up and tested those players Do today, we know and they which popped. Teams? Uh, it well, was Cleveland the, it, was the teams one. currently in enhanced protocol. So okay. Cleveland was definitely one. The Lions are another one. Washington's another one. Washington added more players today. So I like those teams kind of trying to fight back, but you cannot fight the league on something like that and expect to win or have them change it mid-course. You ready for more news in the looming COVID cloud over sports? The Montreal Canadiens just announced that Thursday's game against the Flyers will be played without fans in attendance due to COVID-19 in the region. Yeah, so that's today. There's another team that's going to play less than the roster minimum. The Preds are playing tonight. They may end up by they may end up having to add another player to the COVID list 
they may play with less than the allotment. And they will play w- coached by uh, their minor league coaching staff, I, I believe, because Dan Hynote, who was scheduled yeah. to coach them, uh, the last of their assistants, I believe, was added to the COVID list this morning. It's all crazy as they're trying to adjust. Well, are we going to take into consideration that Omicron is a cold? Well, that uh, the NFL no. is. The NFL is. I mean, that, uh, that needs to be the, that's, that's the discussion happening right now. That level of the 35 on the CT level that they're testing for, if you're still positive, 35 to 45 could be considered they're picking up the cold in your system or a dead virus in your system and what would be termed a false positive. It's all very bizarre, uh, very technical. But the NFL is trying to play these games. Will the NHL pause their games? We'll have more news tomorrow. Outkick 360, thanks for being with us. In the meantime, don't block the box, do lock the locks.